At First Commonwealth Bank, we understand that many of today's businesses are facing uncertain times. And that means there's no more important time for having the right financial partner behind you. A partner with the resources and experience to help take care of your business. An SBA preferred lender who can see what others may not and do what others cannot. If you're ready to talk with a financial partner who can help your business today and into the future, there's no better time to talk with us. First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Hello, podcast people, as I click about getting everything ready. Uh, this is going to be a WrestleMania preview for WrestleMania 36. Uh, obviously, I know exactly how to not get anything up so I can do it quickly. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> That's great. Oh, I'll just retweet something. Oh, that's irritating. Anyway, uh, you'll hear my name in a minute. I'll do it after the uh, replay. Not the replay. After I've got the YouTube stream up. But this is like the bonus thing as Imp goes all over the place trying to get everything ready. It's, it's a bonus for the podcast. Like the Patreon exclusives, which do absolutely nothing. <laughs> just Yeah, it's just bonus stuff for me clicking about because I can't do a million things at once. Right, I'm trying to embed... The, what I do on this bit is I'll go live on the uh, on the podcast version. You get a little bit extra. Then I'll uh, do everything as I can to click, frantically click about to get that on the actual YouTube uh, page so we actually people can actually listen to this on Spreaker for the lovely, lovely podcasts. Uh, and uh, after I've done that, I play the theme tune and we go live on YouTube. I'm just trying to embed. <laughs> it, yeah, We don't get a link until we're live and I'm kind of like, well, how the hell do I publicise that? But I've bloody done it now. So that's all that sorted. Right, I guess let's get on with it. Uh, going live on YouTube and we'll have a lovely time with all of the theme tunes and whatnot. And then I'll, we'll talk about WrestleMania and all of that stuff. See you in a minute. He signs off before he's live on YouTube. <laughs> Total professional. Right, we're live. Pressing the button. Ten. Hello and welcome to LOP Radio live on YouTube, on Spreaker and wherever you get your podcast feeds. My name is Matt Mayer aka Imp and today we're talking WrestleMania 36. I just did a really professional intro where my house is extremely cramped. I say my house, uh, my entire family's kind of gotten together for this corona thing and I'm uh, like helping them out, going and getting food and things, doing the gardening and all that stuff. Uh, but the entire family's here, including like marriages and things. <laughs> so it's a lot of people kind of ironically it's a crowded isolation but we're kind of helping the helping everybody out type of thing it does mean i'm extremely cramped in a parent's kitchen and uh, yeah it's certainly a unique occasion to put it lightly so if i sound a bit different i have brought all of my stuff so like, i prepared for this i've got all of my stuff to actually do this it's just you know not in a normal kind of thing it's an exercise bike like with, if I lift up my elbow, I'm hitting the bar handle. <laughs> Just to tell you how kind of cramped it all is. Um, yes, and I did say I was in a kitchen. Yes, it's an exercise bike in a kitchen. That's that's how you do it, apparently. Anyway, so today we're talking WrestleMania 36, and instead of kind of like the past few weeks, I've really focused on kind of the world of, of like, like the world that's happening now and how that's affecting wrestling, and then how wrestling's going to cope with it. I just want to purely focus on the show today. On WrestleMania 36, obviously, I'll have to touch upon the uh, 
unique kind of traits of this show, but it will purely be in a kind of entertainment kind of fashion. How would it affect the show in that kind of way? Not really talking about the outside world or anything, because that's been talked about to death, and obviously it's quite... Obviously it gets fatiguing, so you kind of want a mental break from it. So this is going to be purely focusing on the wrestling side. Not going to really bring up anything. Last weekend looked getting quite political. <laughs> this is going to do my best. Uh, the only times, obviously, I'll touch on it. Uh, we are live, so there will be comments coming through on YouTube. There will be comments coming through on Spreaker, maybe. <laughs> Spreaker's pretty rare, but it does happen, trust me. So we'll be doing all that, and I guess when they're coming through. Also, with it, over here in the UK, we've been on lockdown for like this week so far. And with that comes increased internet traffic. The best way to describe it is like cars getting on a highway and the more cars there are, the more crowded the highway gets, the slower you go. That's pretty much what is happening over here. So, so there's a chance with all this increased traffic that it, yeah, the internet might be a bit spotty, but hopefully it's not. The picture looks fine on the preview. It's not pixelating or anything. My audio sounds fine. It's yeah, perfectly, it's perfectly fine. It'll be all right. So anyway... Hopefully that doesn't affect things too much. I'll try and remember to click away, click away from my notes to actually do the show. But, the WrestleMania 36 this is going to be a unique show that will be remembered for a long, long time. Uh, no fans in an empty arena, two-night special, live from WWE's Performance Center. Oh, and it's pre-taped. Because, uh, start, it might have been today, actually, where New York rules came in, meaning that in it's either the state or the city that the performance center is in, where WWE, as a result of it, wouldn't be able to produce the shows. As far as I know, the performance center isn't like fully closed, can't get in kind of status, but it is like they couldn't run WrestleMania with these new rules. That was what I was reading earlier. There were new reports coming out within the last, I guess, fifteen minutes before set to go live, uh, coming out from Fightful and Shaw of Sap about uh, the, the actual status of the performance center. So, this might be immediately out of date. <laughs> so, as has happened before, uh, commenters, uh, people on the, uh, send me messages and things to update me. I've had them live on the show before, just keeping me up to date with stuff, with the news that is breaking. So, there's a chance that might need to happen again. Just with all the news breaking, I obviously can't keep up with everything. I'm doing a show, damn it. I do have to tune out and <laughs> I have to do the show at some point. But yeah, so that is currently happening. There might be news with the Performance Centre, which could change a lot of what I'm saying on the show to do with the actual running of it. But it is being pre-taped, or it has been pre-taped, which is really unique. I've not seen any spoilers. I don't want to see any spoilers. I want to go in blind. How is a WrestleMania where like most of the results are foretold storyline-wise, as in it's not always predictable. It's like No, they're the beats that have been set up and they are the story beats that should happen next. Which is sometimes a work issue with WWE where they're like, oh, we've had too many matches that are, I guess, the way that people would expect them to go. Let's throw them a curveball. You could do that with some of the lower card ones where it doesn't really matter. Like tag team matches, I guess, or a few of the others. But in terms of, like Bobby, I don't know, Bobby would actually have to black. That's got to go one way. But in the way that it's kind of working, wait, I'm losing my thought. Losing <laughs> my thought train there. The way that it's kind of being set up with the stories going into the main title pictures especially and the main big matches, maybe not surrounding the titles themselves, like the featured headline matches, there's really only one way they should go. And in terms of spoilers and things, that's the, that's the one benefit in terms of people just posting results spoilers all over the place. The one major benefit is storyline-wise they've done quite a good 
a decent job with most of them into setting up of, well, this is the next place where it should go. And he kind of, kind of predicted it that way. For me, that's what I like WrestleMania's like that. Like, I like my, like, not knowing what's going to happen at the Royal Rumble. I like going in there with it being millions of different types of people who could possibly win. There's all that intrigue there. But with WrestleMania itself, I like it to kind of be the final beat of a story or, I guess, the first beat in the next story, in a way. It's like, like Storylines coming to an end and setting up that next bit is what I feel like WrestleMania should be. It's just, and I just scared the crap out of myself with my headphone wire catching my zip on my hoodie. <laughs> Oh my, oh, my heart's actually beating from that, that's hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, hit live, <laughs> that doesn't happen on live TV, nobody does that. <laughs> Except me to jump by a wire. Oh. Uh, anyway, that's throwing me off there. <laughs> so yeah, so that's the way, so I'm going to go through half of the matches, and I'm going to... Oh, was, yeah, the point I was making was, please don't post any spoilers. Please. <laughs> don't send me any spoilers. Don't do anything like that. Hit me up on Twitter at DamnImplicat for all the talking stuff to do with WrestleMania. Uh, I will. Tr- I don't know what I'm doing, actually. Because with the coronavirus, I'm second-guessing staying up for both nights of WrestleMania. Because, like, health-wise, that probably isn't the best idea, given that I've still got to, like, go out and do stuff. Like, I'm the person who's going out and getting the shopping. I'm the person who's, like, again, doing, physically doing gardening things as well for the family. Like, I... I can't really stay up for both nights super late doing after shot for both of them. So maybe I'll just do the one and blast through everything. To be fair, I might have to call it on the night. <laughs> Give it like if it's if I reckon one show to cover everything might be too much, I could do both nights. Like, I've done it for Vessel Kingdom, so I know I can do it. It's just like with the current climate, obviously not getting enough sleep makes your, your immune system a bit weaker. I can't really have that right now. So we'll, we'll wait and see. So there's a chance Aftershock might be affected by this. I will do it, just not live. I might have to do it during the day or around this kind of time the next day or whatever. It's just, yeah. It affects everybody, this coronavirus. It sucks. I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but <laughs> it might directly affect it. So this week I'm going to talk about half of the matches. I think I'm going with the Raw side. And then on the second half of the show I'll talk about the SmackDown side of matches. Obviously, Raw's had one more extra show than SmackDown with me being live on a Friday. So we'll get up. next week. We'll have a lot more answers for the SmackDown side just to get a few things finalised because the card is interesting. I've just realised there's one match. Oh no, it is there. Doesn't matter. So the Raw side. So we start with the big one because uh, what I kind of like to do is start with a big match and then work my way round kind of do the lower cards ones first. So at least people t- tuning into this will get their big match thing first before, without having to wait. <laughs> like, you don't have to sit through me talking for ages about Alistair Black, Bobby Lashley, or Street Profits versus Andrade with Angel Gaza. No matter how good those matches might end up being, like, the main events is really what the opinions are built on <laughs> for WrestleMania. All the debates and things. Like, no, he's better than him. Or we get amazing signs. Oh. Uh, being British, seeing Roman Reigns as a wank pheasant. Oh, oh. <laughs> it was just perfect. <laughs> I love that. Oh, it was great. So anyway, uh, first off was to do with a big Royal Rumble challenger. Apparently, the word is that uh, Lesnar McIntyre will not be main eventing either night. Ow. There's a chance that Goldberg, Roman Reigns will main event one night and Becky Lynch and Baszler the other. I think maybe what word that what maybe was going around. That doesn't... Now I've said that out loud, like, that second night can't be right. <laughs> that can't be true. Uh, but uh, whatever the word is, as far as I know, Lesnar McIntyre isn't set to main event either show. When it did kind of feel like this was the best opportunity to, in splitting the show in half, he could have one main event each night. It doesn't really 
it's not really the biggest issue in the world uh, unless they want one of the women's matches to main event the second night then I can kind of understand them doing it this way but I don't think they are I think it's going to be another men's match be it uh, Edge, Randy, Orton or Dossie the Fiend uh, Goldberg, Reigns like, it's going to be one of those I reckon so it's like oh it's a little bit sad Lesnar McIntyre have been doing really really well uh, that said it's like like Daniel Bryan Kofi on the night if you nail the story, it doesn't really matter with you being last match or not, especially with the sheer length of these WrestleManias. Like, I was looking through the list here, trying to split up which matches to do, and it's so far 13 matches, and there's going to be more added, likely. Maybe to make it an even 7-for-7 uh, seven seven or 8-for-8. Eight eight. I've counted NXT as a Friday, uh, as a SmackDown one, purely because there's so many Raw matches. There's a chance there'll be equal amount of SmackDown. And it's like, oh, like Baron Corbin doesn't have a match. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Because he's uh, facing Elias. Oh, yay. <laughs> uh, I watched that one for you people. So I watched that one for you people. <laughs> I'm a wrestling fan. <laughs> That's how you say you people. For you people. <sighs> anyway, Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre. So this has been built really well since the Royal Rumble for terms of Drew McIntyre. It's a thing where... They were testing the waters of Drew McIntyre and things were clicking and connecting. So as a performer, he was finding his feet really well as a babyface. And by the time they hit uh, the Royal Rumble, it kind of felt like, yeah, he's a babyface. He's doing quite well with momentum. He didn't have any story or anything to build him up. He wasn't a character with really anything behind him. It was just as a performer, he had kind of nailed that thing. And then Royal Rumble's like the start of his story triggering. And then post the Royal Rumble, they found, they've kind of brought back a lot of his past and interweaved that. But they've done it really, really well. It's uh, In terms of criticism, it is yet again WWE uh, doing some, fixing it after the fact or after the thing and doing a really good kind of, uh, not change of direction, but finding a way to make it make sense after the fact. Uh, they do it a lot, but when they, they can do it really well, this is an example of that. My main critique is they do it so much that it oft it when you do it this often, it does kind of feel like, well, what's the point of like long term following anything if this is kind of how you tell your stories? The answer is don't. <laughs> it just uh, it it punishes you for paying attention long term most of the time. But when, like with Bray White, John Cena, and with Lesnar McIntyre, they brought stuff back from years ago, and then it kind of makes it feel like, oh, it was worth paying attention that entire time because <laughs> now I get so much more out of this story because I have. That this is what it's great. It's just short term in terms of like the past year or so. There's been nothing building this Drew McIntyre win aside from the fact where suddenly he came out on Raw, being a bit more babyface, and he was like more and more time went on, and uh, it, it was doing a good job of it. There was just like no character build really. <laughs> it was. It was like testing the waters, and the waters tested really well. And then they went with it. <laughs> so, it's weird, like, I'm not really complaining. It's more of a uh, critique in the sense of, like, long-term. They, they clearly didn't know what they were going to do. And, of course, there was lots of reports or rumours that WrestleMania wasn't finalised till like, really late. Or it still wasn't finalised when, like, obviously they had to change everything. And then suddenly, like forgiveness, kind of can, can be given for what the rest of the card looks like, given the situation. But it's just like your main events; they weren't planned out. Drew McIntyre was working; he was maybe a favourite to be chosen, but they didn't know. Uh, that that does affect it in terms of it getting invested in the character. I can I'm invested in the performer. I think I've said this before with WWE. Like I reach a point where I'm really invested in the performer themselves. I want to see them uh, them not proceed, them exceed. But I. 
don't really they don't I'm not invested in their character. I don't really care about the story beats for a lot of the stuff. Like when it when I do care, they absolutely hit home. Like massive example, I guess Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania thirty, another Daniel Bryan with Kofi Kingston last year. Like when they hit when they nail it, they bloody nail it. And it kind of for me that's why it kinda of sucks a bit that they don't. Like with Jim McIntyre and Lesnar, I want to see the performer succeed. I don't really have much investment in the character. There isn't really much of a story other than Royal Rumble winner is going to defeat Lesnar. We've seen that before. It's nothing new because whenever they have, a few months later, Lesnar's champion again. So it's more and more difficult every year to care. But they've done a really good job with this build. Because <laughs> so, uh, I... I am complaining, but none of the complaints have got really anything to do with the story itself that they've told since the Royal Rumble, because they've nailed it. It's all stuff from before. So I can't. So I'm not really complaining about the build itself. It's more, I guess, I guess, outside stuff, which kind of it's repeating itself in this story. Even though this story has been great, I've really enjoyed it. They put over McIntyre really well. Lesnar's done an amazing job of painting him as a genuine threat. All they've got to do at WrestleMania is follow through with it. Keep it like they've painted him as the threat, have him be it now, uh, bring that threat to life. Have Brock Lesnar lose to Drew McIntyre, pass on the championship. It's the kind of the, the perfect beat for the story is Drew McIntyre to succeed and dethrone Lesnar because they built him up as the as this man who's got his number, who's been taking Lesnar down with the claymore, and Lesnar's had no answer for it. He had no, it was t- it eliminated him from the Rumble, it's knocked him down multiple times on Monday Night Raw. Uh, the only time he's got Drew McIntyre is when he's blindsided him and hit him with an F5. Like, McIntyre's had Lesnar's number in this build, and that's kind of what helped, really helped keep it fresh. And uh, they've kind of they've opened McIntyre up as well in a really effective way, showing all of his 3 and B stuff, talk, him talking honestly about getting released, then having that desire to just uh, give everything and show that he deserves to get back to WWE, uh, going to NXT and coming back on. Like yeah, they've done a really good job with this build. They've got you're giving you reasons to care about McIntyre, even though there isn't much for me. There isn't much of a story, but maybe it feels that way because it's the story we've seen how many years in the trot on the trot now, and it's yeah. After a while, it, after too many, if you repeat the same story too many times, like it, it loses its effect, and that's what's happened with the le- person faces Lesnar for the title angle at WrestleMania. They've done it two or three too many times. <laughs> so, like, I remember with Roman Reigns, I was ready for the torch to be passed at that point. It wasn't. Uh, with Seth Rollins, it was, then it wasn't. Now, with Drew McIntyre, it's kind of like, I was ready for this two years ago, and it's still not happened. But, once again, they've nailed the build. So, I'm ready to see that torch passed. <laughs> I'm excited to see that torch pass. It absolutely sucks that there isn't going to be that massive crowd to give that similar ovation that we got to the Royal Rumble. Uh, obviously that's me with a massive assumption that they'll, they'll nail the match it, it feels like a pairing where it is going to like it would be very difficult to mess this up <laughs> they need some kind of outside wacky idea just to ruin the thing to to kind of put this like, I'll give this my stamp of impossible to screw up because <laughs> it it's so it feels, they've set it up so well that like, all the directions they can go in it all kind of leads to like the perfect places for this kind of match Two big lads doing big lad wrestling. <laughs> and it's a. Uh, yeah, it's just. It's follow through after this. It, yeah, again, absolutely sucks to McIntyre. He's not going to be there for that massive WrestleMania ovation. It's it's going to be obviously a bit weird, but AEW have proven to me that you can do wrestling in an empty arena and it not be strange. 
Like, it's appeared like both shows have taken little influences from each other. Like, AEW taking a bit of the promo influence on WWE after WWE showed it can work. AEW showed WWE that the wrestling side can work. It's just more about the staging and production that really help it. And they're both taking notes from each other in this, like, such bizarre time to be producing shows like this. Well, well bizarre is not, yeah. It's... A unique time, I guess, and it's give, had bizarre consequences for certain things. And for wrestling, it's WrestleMania in a performance center with no fans. I don't know what they do for staging. The only thing is that going to be nice and cheap as well. It's just going to be we're giving you some form of entertainment. The fact we're the fact that we're getting anything at all is for me a little bit kind of crazy sounding. Like the fact we're getting anything, like that's remarkable to me. Uh, again. I live obviously with Europe. We've been taking this so seriously for so long that it seems crazy that there's something like uh, you were able to produce a WrestleMania within this climate. Uh, but but yeah, it's it's still good. Like especially when by the time that WrestleMania airs, like the world's going to be just that bit more, especially the Western world, especially England, I guess the UK and America, because we're not at our peaks yet. I know I'm talking about it, but it's kind of <laughs> relevant in terms of like how we're feeling when the show itself airs. And I feel like this needs to be a really upbeat show. But they've set it up perfectly for either fan favourites to win or purely baby faces. They've set like, to pass that torch for what the fans are desperate to see of this generation crowned. Because they just haven't been crowned, and it feels like this is another note in that you crown them and then you follow through with it over the summer. Like last year, they crowned them; they didn't follow through. Uh, this this twenty twenty, I feel like they have to crown them, have that feel good moment, and boy, do we need a feel good moment! I feel like WrestleMania can definitely deliver on that. This match is a massive part of it, but it's uh, yeah, it's a follow through really for me. Like they can nail the shows, and it will obviously like I remember it, and it will mean a lot to me given the current situation. But the follow through, it as the storytelling is way more important. There is at least they're going to have a bit of time to figure out what to do next, because the likelihood is after WrestleMania, there's going to be a gap. Like for the first time ever, Raw will not air, because we've had nothing like this in our lifetimes. Raw Night Raw will not air after WrestleMania in all likelihood. So what do you do? Well, you take well, well personally in terms of like your characters and your stories. You'd hope that they take time off, and in that time off, they creatively work and come up with ideas, so that when they come back, they have a plan. Of course, you don't know when you're coming back, and that can be a bit difficult. But you can plan a story out at least, so have something in mind, uh, and the characters can like, benefit from that hugely. So, it might be chance one night more. Even if it does air, it might just be like a constant stream of matches. With like somebody in a studio just going, and now it's time for this match, or something like that. Anyway, let's move on to the next Monday Night Raw match. So big thumbs up for Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre. I got a lost a bit in my little, I guess, kerfuffle of, I guess, a bit of negativity on the outside, but still, yeah, I'm fine with it. It's fine. So anyway, Universal Champion. No, that's the wrong match. <laughs> I'm going to do wrong one again with you. I'm doing Universal Championship tomorrow. Uh, not tomorrow, next week. Uh, Undertaker versus AJ Styles. That's the one beginning with Un that I wanted to talk about. So in terms of like setting up in terms of the future, uh, when I'm saying like fan favourites, AJ Styles comes under fan favourite. So it's going to be like a feel-good show, but AJ Styles for me feels like that fan favourite who should maybe get put over. Like it's, it's one where I don't think I'll mind that much if Taker wins. Again, 
given the situation, just a feel-good show probably would be enough. It's difficult for me to get angry. Like I've seen, I've seen quite a few people. I feel really I'm envious of the people who have got enough mental space to get angry at wrestling booking right now. Like, but on the like earlier today when I was watching AEW, I was thinking, what on earth am I going to do for my show tonight? It's just because I have, ve- I have such small kind of space left in my head to care about wrestling that much. Like, there's so much more seriousness going on that seeing people get angry at the booking of wrestling. <laughs> it's it, it kind of makes me laugh a bit just because I have got I've, I don't have that ability right now I don't have that capability <laughs> I can't I can't look at it and go well, if Undertaker wins against AJ Styles that's going to be absolutely horrific and destroy AJ it's like currently I, I don't care <laughs> if it's entertaining if it distracts me if I enjoy it uh, then if it's a fun match if AJ Styles and the rest of the club or sorry the rest of the OC if they band together to make it a, a fun affair and even if Undertaker wins overcoming those odds and it's relatively enjoyable yeah then I'll be fine with it it's, it's more of if the show's enjoyable and it distracts me then I will be happy with it, it this, that's what makes this Wrestlemania unique for me like if Lesnar Jim McIntyre the reason I brought up kind of their story so much is because it leads to what in terms of that next beat Undertaker AJ Styles his own weird world thing where there was nothing then Saudi Arabia happened, and now it's kind of built from there to here, where it will die off again after WrestleMania. It's a weird bubble. Lesnar McIntyre kind of affects after this, moving on to the next stage, which is why I feel like AJ Styles is perfectly fine to lose. Like he's had his WrestleManias putting him over. He be- he beats his Nakamura last, not last year, the year before. Who did he bloody face last year? He faced who was it? What was the WrestleMania? Oh, Randy Orton. Yeah, I think he won that one as well. I can't remember. It's the one with they, they've chanted to turn off the lights, and that's all I remember from it, which kind of sucks, because I felt like it was building to a great match, and but until they were realising they can't even see what we're doing here, uh, that kind of sucks. I want to say AJ Styles won, but he he lost to Chris Jericho, then he beat Shane McMahon, then he beat Shinsuke Nakamura, then he beat uh, Randy Orton, I'm pretty certain. So he's on, he's got a three-match streak, I guess, at WrestleMania. <laughs> they've not brought that up. It's only three match. It feels like a heel thing for him to do. He's not undefeated, but he has had a three-match streak. So, that's a pretty decent thing. Maybe <laughs> starts to bring up against the Undertaker, but he hasn't. Uh, but the, again, so he's perfectly fine for me. Where he is in the card currently, it doesn't really matter if he loses. I, uh, personally, I'm a massive fan of pushing the the current era and the future over your older guys, and that's kind of what I'd use it for. Like, their attraction only has a certain amount of time before that's it, it kind of dies off. WWE in a massive danger of not putting over this current era, and I feel like they just need to continue doing it. They did it with Roman Reigns Undertaker, this is kind of like the next stage of that, put over AJ. But, again, if Undertaker wins and it's a fun match, I don't have any kind of space to care that much. <laughs> like, fine, if it's enjoyable, thank you for distracting me. Uh, that's all I can really say for it. So, yeah. Next up, the... The Edge? What's wrong with me? Edge versus Randy Orton in a last man standing match. So this one, storyline-wise, just magnifique. Just uh, Randy Orton with the performance of his career. Uh, Edge just... It's, his return generated such a strong reaction and emotion that it, it's so damn unique to see. Some it, like You don't normally get reactions like this. Well, reactions. I mean, you can't really do a story like this to generate this sort of emotional reaction, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and it it feels unique because of that. 
And then since the crowds have disappeared, you've had two promos straight into the camera where both guys do that serious tone and deliver a soliloquy. And it just worked. That's one thing WWE proved on like their first show with uh, John Cena Bray Wyatt, where jumping to the dramatic theatre does work with the serious storylines. Uh, it worked. It didn't. It's not for me personally. It's not really worked with Roman Reigns Goldberg. Uh, again, we've got two more episodes to go with that one. This Raw has the benefit of they've done one more show at this point whilst I'm live. But Edris and Andy Orton also uh, saying more cramped. Like on both legs of this desk, there are bottles of wine. <laughs> I just get one. Yeah. You can have wine everywhere, you know, in storage, you know, just in case. Just have one, have them by your table legs, you know, just in case you, you know, need a glass. Uh, but Ed Van Orton, it's built really well, really well. That's an understatement. It's one of the best builds WWE have done for WrestleMania. I'm putting it up there for last year's Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan, in terms of how invested I am in these characters. Uh, amazing job by Randy Orton, equally as Edge, Beth Phoenix as well. That sh- that episode was amazing. Credit to the now in AEW, back to his uh, crazy gimmicks. But uh, Matt Hardy. And what he did in those two raw weeks of raw were they added so much to this rivalry, and it's weird now going to WrestleMania thinking that he's back to doing all the uh, obsolete and the broken Matt Hardy. Was it broken? One was broken, one was woken. I get confused which one was which now. But he added so much to that with those two weeks with the net brace and stuff. Uh, again, Beth Phoenix as well. Uh, but Edge and Randy Orton themselves have absolutely nailed this build. Randy Orton especially. It's it's, it's like such a conflict of emotions, and they've displayed it really well. Like they've over the course since Royal Rumble till like these final weeks, they've done such a good job of showing the conflict within Randy Orton, like him believing that he's doing the right thing, and no matter how painful it is, of course Edge taking massive and Randy Orton going too far to deliver that, I guess in a way because he loves Edge so much. No one loves Edge like Randy Orton does. Uh, listening to the voices in his head a bit too much, and yeah, Edge is out there to get him and it's yeah, such a great match and the last man standing match it'd be interesting to see how this plays out with the empty crowd uh, what do they use how do they do that but the way this has been built up it's so storyline heavy that it is I don't know if they can possibly I don't know if they can deliver on the kind of match this build warrants but still the build has been fantastic as I lean on another wine bottle what is this house <laughs> right next uh, but yeah, I say next because like, I've got nothing but plaudits to Edge versus Randy Orton. Every week seems to have, they've nailed it. I've not, I don't think I've had one week where I left it going, oh, that was a bit of a, uh, hopefully they can get better chat next week. No, week after week they've built fantastically. And like the only takeaway was the fact that they've had to go to the Performance Centre. Uh, it, it's a weird trade-off where you don't get those crowd reactions to the awesome story beats, but also you don't your promos are uninterrupted. Which has a, been a massive plus for these empty arena shows is like John Cena Bray White was in, uninterrupted. Same with Edge's promo, same with Randy Orton's promo. That, it, that adds, that gives them so much more room to play around with it and deliver that message or the performance they've got in their head. It makes it so much easier. It's like doing the run through before, like watching these roars, It feels like you're watching the run through before they go live on actual television. Aside from the fact that they wrestle as if they are live on television. That's a major difference. <laughs> but they it feels like a run-through of the dramatic performance. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like that's not a bad thing. It's, just, it's kind of what it feels like. Uh, with WrestleMania, it's going to feel unique, strange, bizarre, weird. But also, I'm looking forward to it as a distraction from everything else. Yeah, Edge Randy Orton has got me invested. Like what I was talking about with, uh, like, 
Brock Lesnar Drew McIntyre earlier, where I'm more invested in the performer than the storyline. Like this is the opposite. Edge Randy Orton, I've their storyline has got me so invested in the characters, not the performers, it's the characters, that, that I can't wait to see what happens at this last time of standing match. For me, story is really, really important. I'm not somebody who only likes to see the like the f- five star Meltzer classics. Like, like New Japan is my number one promotion. But story means a hell of a lot to me, hence why WWE will always have a place in my heart, and why I kind of feel a bit down when I have checked out of WWE, because they've kind of gone to a point where I'm like, why am I watching this crap? Most of it was because their story writing kind of died off a bit. Edge Randy Orton proves when they are on it, they are on it, and it can be some of the best television period, which you just get so damn invested in. So more of this, please. <laughs> why? But again, my only other criticism is... Why can't this be done for the modern day guys? Like this kind of level, like allow them this kind of story. Like the modern day guys are kind of saddled with crap <laughs> quite often. Like trying to make shit shiny, or turn shit into gold. That's it. Uh, and like Roman Reigns, I think I was before I was saying that his since moving to Fox, Roman Reigns' storylines have been awful. Like both of them. I was going to say every one of them, but I guess it's three. But Goldberg Reigns, I'm kind of letting that slow down a little bit because, of course, what's happened, you've never really got to see how it's going to play out. I don't have high expectations, but like it's yeah, with because of events, I can't really critique it that much. But with the other two, it, they both did their job ultimately in making Reigns feel like that top guy who should challenge for the title at WrestleMania. Like he feels like the big dog. That's why going into the Rumble is like, well, surely this is the year that Reigns wins because they've done a really good job of keeping him away from title and building him up and keeping him relevant. Like he feels like the top guy on SmackDown, even though he's not champion. Uh, I thought they did a really good job there, but the storylines weren't good. <laughs> you can achieve your goal without the actual story along the way being that engaging or that good. Like you reached the point you were meant to. You got to your destination, but the trip wasn't that good. Wasn't that great. That's how that kind of like level of investment in those characters for me is pretty low. Edge Randy Orton proves they can do it. <laughs> I'm so invested in this storyline. Uh, just yeah, for me, Reigns like maybe they're overthinking it. I don't know, but it would really help if he got a storyline of this level. That is, he's got all the ammunition for you to use to create something. But who attacked Roman Reigns? That that wasn't it. <laughs> Months of Reigns versus Corbin. That wasn't it. Uh, Let's be talking about Edge Randy Orton. I'm excited for Edge Randy Orton. Let's keep it at that. Uh, Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. What's the time? 30 minutes in. Uh, Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. Uh, I think in one of my columns I nicknamed it Vampires and Rockers. Oh, that's because Ray Ripley came in as well in that episode. <laughs> yeah, I was proud of that little tagline. I think I then deleted it and wrote an entirely different column. But still, uh, it was... It was a very interesting way to introduce Shayna Baszler. Not at all what I expected. Since then, I've done a really good job of painting her as an MMA badass to be reckoned with. I feel like the... I think my Elimination Chamber, I think I was saying on the Aftershock show, that I felt like it was the right story beat. It just fell really flat because it was a pay-per-view. It wasn't a match that closes out a pay-per-view because it doesn't send you home hyped to WrestleMania. But it was the right story beat. It painted Shayna as the badass. I would have still done the same thing. It's just that it's not a main event match <laughs> it's not a, it's not a main fight it's not a uh, I believe I'm my words it's not the main event of your final pay-per-view before your biggest show of the year main event kind of match that it yeah but it was the right story beat 
and from there it's, it's built really well from there uh, did make me laugh this week where they had the sit down interview with Charlie Caruso and Shayna Baszler in the ring and it just reminded me of the oh who watches Father Ted <laughs> there's a bit where they go to the countryside and like Father Ted's talking to the other priest people don't know people in the US don't know who Arnold Hannon is <laughs> but he's uh, he's pointing at the sheep saying close sheep far away he's <laughs> pointing to the tiny sheep <laughs> just like close sheep far away <laughs> it's like he's not small he's far away <laughs> and uh, that's just what I thought when I was watching Charlie Caruso sit down interview <laughs> with Shana Baszler like, very, uh, like Shana Baszler close and uh, Charlie Caruso far away <laughs> it's just like they made Shayna Baszler but like a giant it's like, I see what they're trying to do but the staging was just a little bit off so Charlie Caruso like so Shayna Baszler was like a giant <laughs> it's really it's one of the things where because it's kind of like a trick of the eye but I was a bit I was a, I'm assuming quite a few people were because they didn't quite get it right but I was able to switch between seeing Charlie Caruso as far away and seeing Charlie Caruso was tiny. Like I was kind of interchanging about how I was seeing it, and uh, I missed everything Shayna Baszler said. <laughs> it felt serious. But she was talking about serious things, but again, close sheep, far away. <laughs> really, uh, the episode's hilarious. But but yeah, Becky Lynch and Baszler does the actual match. Uh, who knows what's going to happen here? It might be a full-on brawl. It might be a boring like choke hold vest hold kind of thing working over a body part kind of match Shayna Baszler likes to work over the hand quite a bit uh, I feel like Shayna Baszler's matches in the middle can lose people maybe the empty arena will help here because you, you won't feel the crowd kind of being a bit dying especially as this match will be on a bit later you would think they'd be a bit t- more tired if the card had gone ahead like normal but I feel like this is this might be perfectly fine in the empty arena it might really help and like really sell Shayna Baszler's offence which works in that slower style uh, in the fast-paced, hectic world of WWE, it, I was always interested to see how they did it. But in the slower world of the empty performance centres, I feel like it'll work like a charm. Uh, I I'm torn on what should actually happen, though. If you had Shona Baszler be so dominant, if she beats Becky Lynch just she's ran through the entire division, what do you do next? Uh, part of that is genuine intrigue of what do you do next? Oh, that sounds kind of cool. But then also if Becky Lynch wins, then you sacrifice the rest of the division for somebody who lost anyway. Even though I wouldn't mind seeing a really long reign for Becky Lynch, like a real sign that she is the top woman of Monday Night Raw, like no questions asked, just a really long title reign can help cement that, just cement the fact of she is a massive star and she's a champion for a long time to come kind of thing, which is so rare in WWE. But also, they've painted Shayna Baszler so dominantly, she could have... Actually, this is probably, for me, this is probably closer to, I guess what I see, talk about with New Japan quite a lot, where... Both sides, I'm actually fine with. No matter which way they go, I'm fine with Baszler winning, I'm fine with Lynch winning. Both sides have the detractors, both sides have the benefits. I'm fine with either way. Also, again, current climate, if you entertain me, that's my number one thing. I'm looking to be distracted. Lynch versus Baszler could easily do that. But yeah, I'm fine with, I'm fine with whichever way this goes. I think I was saying earlier that a lot of the matches feel like they've got the definite direction they should go in uh, in terms of the story beat, the stories that they have told. Uh, this is like the exception for that, really, at this WrestleMania. Because they've set one up so dominantly, do you put Becky Lynch over as lol Cena wins, or lol Lynch wins? Might become a thing. If It's, it's that natural thing. Like it's happened over here with, our, with Liverpool being so dominant in the Premier League. Being dominant and being on top 
automatically starts to uh, will irk some people, and some people will start to dislike you or start to hate you, or, or for some reason. And I, I, I'm not one of those people that does that. So obviously, obviously, I don't quite understand the mentality of it. But that happens, and that's happening with Becky Lynch. What hasn't helped is F storylines. Like she's been great. It's just that she's had nothing to do. Now her stuff with uh, Sasha Banks was like a massive peak moment, then a bit of a bleh, and then back to Asuka stuff was great until the bit of a bleh till Shayna Blazer came about. Unless that was like no time at all. <laughs> My memory's died on me a second. Yeah, so like immediately after WrestleMania, Becky Lynch felt like she lost a lot of steam because the stuff with Seth Rollins and the stuff with uh, what's her face, Lacey Evans, like that that wasn't the right move really. Like she didn't get over as champion by doing that. It kind of bored people over pretty quickly. Uh, obviously, with the world of WWE uh, like kind of breaking all around them, for me that was one benefit for Lynch. Like for somebody like me, where I st- I tuned out because it was all over the place. So I was like, I'll come back once they found their feet a bit, which I normally deem as rest- uh, SummerSlam. And then Becky Lynch at the time was having a thing with Natalia, which felt like we'll give her a solid match, and then it was Sasha Banks after that. Uh, again, I didn't really care for the story or anything, and I'm feeling a bit down on, I guess, Lynch because of the Lacey Evans stuff. I wasn't; she didn't have that much motivate, not motivation, um, momentum. That's a word, and that sucks. But she as a character has, for me, has been solid all year in terms of like feeling like the champion. It's like she deserves to be that person on top. And I think I was saying it's Kofi as well. Like the world was so all over the place, it felt like his reign only storyline wise only got going and truly began after the summer. Like at SummerSlam, from there, that was the first time that, or I guess it would be the weeks leading to SummerSlam in terms of building the matches. That was the first time it felt like these champions were getting their story beats to the next thing, and that for me meant that I would have been fine with Kofi Kingston and Becky Lynch holding their titles for a really long time, purely because of that. The world was so all over the place that when it finally settled, it was like, right, we could finally get going with these championships, these stories can finally build, I can finally get invested in these characters. Uh, and obviously one got just kicked to the curb and the other person has continued on and I've done a really good job. You know, Sasha Banks and Asuka, both absolutely solid feuds. And now we're getting into WrestleMania with Shayna Baszler. I hope this one's solid. I don't mind really which direction it takes. Uh, I think I'd go with Becky Lynch. <laughs> Uh, but I don't mind, really. Either way is fine. You've sacrificed some amount of people either way in terms of the negatives. But in terms of positives, yeah, both have got a lot of positives. I don't really mind. Match should be fine. Might be a brawly type thing. Might be a MMA holdy type thing. That's what I kind of hope it isn't. Might be quite submission-y. You and both have got submission finishes. You'd probably assume so. <laughs> Alright, next up there are three more matches to go. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. The feud which hopefully ends at WrestleMania. It's been going on. It's one of those that's been going on for absolutely ages. It's one bright side. Is it's one where you look back and you look to like the build to Survivor Series before Seth Rollins had turned heel, and you see the little like hints and inklings in Seth Rollins' character and the way that he's talking to Kevin Owens. When you look back at it, you see all the little quirks which kind of blew up and became much bigger characteristics of the Seth Rollins Messiah character. Like the hints were there before some before Survivor Series, and I've like, a massive round of applause for that. Uh, the only issue really is if, is that in terms of their like their friends and the feuds that have been going on on Monday Night Raw, like Kevin Owens, uh, Kevin Owens, the Viking Raiders, and Samoa Joe versus Seth Rollins and his disciples, like they've been together in matches for how many weeks in a row? <laughs> it's like after Survivor Series, I guess all the way till now, 
like so many Raws have had those same matches or same uh, duos over and over, same pairings, that's the word, over and over and over again, that it did get to that point where like I felt like I was very fit to move on, even though it's like, no, this is going to WrestleMania. It's just that it's not, because it's the uh, passing ships thing I said before, where if you're in a feud, you interact with those people in that feud and you don't interact with anybody in any other thing. About to enter a coughing state. <coughs> oh, my throat is so dry. All right, let me just... Mm. God, I drank that out, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, that's what I get. We're talking 45 minutes straight with no pause for sipping or drinking or anything. There might be a personal record. <laughs> this going straight with hardly any pause or anything. Ah, I'm doing the show, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, don't worry, I was just a dry cough after, again, 45 minutes of talking and not taking any sips. Anyway, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. Uh, this should be a great match. Uh, I say should be because then this could be one with loads of interference and shenanigans, but it feels like it really shouldn't be. And the Seth Rollins character is in a... It's, on the line where it could enter that state of a kind of like wimpy heel who's or cowardly heel which WWE has a real bad habit of painting a lot of their top heels in exactly the same way uh, there's a lot of variety on this show but and I feel like this could be the best opportunity for Seth Rollins to be like no I am the messiah I don't need your help that's not going to happen there'll be shenanigans all over the place you're going to get Viking Raiders maybe Joe I don't know what his medical status is or maybe not, because the quarant- So this is where the outside world maybe gives me what I want in terms of this storyline, where in terms of um, having too many people in one place, maybe there won't be those interferences, and we just straight up get Owens versus Rollins because again you have to keep production da- crew down to a skeleton. You can't have six people jumping in and interfering in this one match. It's like no, it's just those two, and they should go out and wrestle. I think like I really would prefer that it keeps that focus after all the craziness it boils down to just these two fighting like to be fair that's what a lot of the best I guess war movies or battle movies kind of do you have your massive absolute, like, absolutely massive battle but it normally ends on just one on one the story you've been building the entire time you, you end on that note with those two fighting or whatever you want to do I feel yeah that's what this kind of comes to like months of big uh, kerfuffles <laughs> with the multiple people and then finally here at Wrestlemania you get your one-on-one match so yeah it was just Rollins uh, it should be great uh, yeah. WWE with their Ring of Honor starlets <laughs> just yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to this one hopefully fingers crossed uh, right penultimate match uh, Raw Tag Team Champions the Street Profits versus Andrade Angel Garza bit random but also should be a good match that's what I was saying about the Elimination Chamber card. I was like, yeah, should be a good match. Shame about the build. This is where, like, the undercard for WrestleMania is suddenly where, you, like, I've got such an understanding for the, like, the way that they've had to change everything and figure out so much that the actual undercard for WrestleMania is obviously a bit jumbled. You don't even know which talent you're going to have, like, at hand to do the shows as well. So this match, yeah, it feels a little bit thrown together, but it should be a, it should be a great match. And I'm also really forgiving, given the situation. Like this is a perfect example of two great teams who are charismatic as hell, and should like keep me bloody entertained for the ten minutes, eight to ten minutes that they probably get given. Like I am, 
I'm generally looking forward to this one. Even though there's no story to it. It's just two... It's totally Champions Street Profits, which again, massive thumbs up there. Done a decent job of getting those guys over. Uh, and Andrade and Angel Garza, like, properly... like They've... You've had them separately, and then you've seen them together on the last episode. Maybe the episode before that as well. But it's kind of good to see them in the Zelina Vega... I don't know what her collective will be called. Her collective's been used too much because of AEW. <laughs> they need a different word. But, uh, yeah, with her recruiting the extra person into Gaza when Andrade was taken out, and now they're together as a tag team. But, yeah, I kind of like that little story. And the fact that, or, oh, I guess, little character, characters interacting with each other. But it should be a good good match. Yes, it's a little bit thrown together. Yes, so we're probably likely going to be an undisputed championship, undisputed, a United States championship match. But apparently Rey Mysterio is uh, isolating himself, so he's not going to turn up. Uh, I don't know what Umberto Carrillo is doing. Maybe something similar, I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, Andrade Andrade Garza are entertaining as hell. So are the Street Profits. It's, yeah, Montez Ford versus Angel Garza. <laughs> That's a face-off that I'm generally excited to see. <laughs> they don't need the family action to hype that one up, but those two guys do it themselves. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, Je- you heard the laughter there. That, that, just even thinking about it, it's like, yeah, I feel like this match will do... Because, well, again, what I'm looking for from WrestleMania, there are a few story beats I'd like to see hit, but really in terms of the feel-good show, this match hits all of those feel-good notes that I really kind of want right now. And, I feel, yeah, that's why I'm looking forward to this. In terms of all of these matches, there's some with, I guess, the, the drama and the intrigues. Like, I just kind of want to be distracted and be entertained and have fun. This match screams all of those points. <laughs> Distracted, entertained and fun. So looking forward to that. On the other end of the thrown together kind of matches, Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. So this one definitely has got just that aura of, I guess we'll give Black a match against an opponent that's a bit tougher. But there's no story here at all. It's just two lads thrown together. But if this turns out to be Black dominating... Yeah, go for it. Yes, it's the second year in a row Bobby Lashley, I guess, put somebody over, but this is exactly what he should be used for. You can build him up throughout the year, but Bobby Lashley isn't the guy to be beating someone like Alistair Black or Finn Balor at that point Finn Balor was at. So it's it's a really good... He's, he's in that point where he's been built up enough where it feels like a big deal when Black does beat him, and he bloody should. <laughs> There's always the doubt, because it's WWE... But the way they built it up, like Black's winning here, and this next year, it feels like they perfectly after WrestleMania or whenever they, whenever WWE returns after WrestleMania, they've set it up perfectly for Alistair Black to build with a really clear route to the next WrestleMania, where he's in a much bigger match. Like my big example, I guess, uh, seeing like with Randy Orton, how they did him at WrestleMania. Obviously, they didn't think it out this long, but it did work really well. First WrestleMania is in a multi-man tag match. Yes, it's a it's got big stars in there, but he's in that multi-man tag match. Second year is in a non-title match against The Undertaker, like a massive prove-yourself match, uh, and he did. The next year is in a title match. It's a multi-man title match. He doesn't win. The year after that, two thousand and what? Oh, he's in the Money in the Bank. Well, that screws it up. He was meant to have a one-on-one match where he's the featured star, <laughs> but with Edge and Randy Orton, but. Obviously, that didn't come to happen. They were both in Money in the Bank instead. I can't remember if that was because of suspensions and things or something like that, but as far as I know, the plan was then him versus Edge at WrestleMania. We're getting it now, but at that point, that would have been the next one. Like Not a title match, but he's the fe- like two featured stars of this generation. Uh, then 2008, he's in the title match and he wins. 
Like I like that trajectory, and uh, Alistair and Alistair Black's had his multi-man tag match. Now he's got his featured match. It's not really against the Undertaker. I mean, Undertaker would have been the perfect thing to prove my point. Of what if it's Alistair Black versus the Undertaker instead? For me, I wouldn't have minded that, but. AJ Styles is the guy. Oh, Undertaker requested AJ Styles, and he, AJ Styles will make him look like a beast. <laughs> He'll sell his ass off, and Bobby Lashley can put over Alistair Black instead. So you get your one-on-one featured match, I guess. It still works. But I like the idea of the gradual build. It worked with Orton because he had so much... He was so young as well, and so much time and the investment. Uh, with Alistair Black, you probably don't need to copy it. You probably jump to the next bit after this WrestleMania. But uh, yeah, I like that idea, the slow build. And now it's the black off off of the Bobby Lashley match can then build to next year's WrestleMania. Uh, and I feel like there'll be a lot more motion at next year's WrestleMania. Hopefully, if you ride the wave right, which WWE often struggles with. But again, this is I feel like they should be able to ride the wave this time. Because it's been so disruptive, they'll have so much time off. Uh, which they're not used to. That they should be able... Next year's WrestleMania should be quite solid but this is looking like a really unique Wrestlemania uh, that's the raw side of it a couple of thrown together matches which kind of hit on their purpose and I've like not really got any issues with them uh, again super, again, what, like, one of them is thrown together and it's one of the ones I'm looking the most forward to is I kick those bloody wine bottles again <laughs> I'm really looking forward yeah, to the Street Profits Angel Gaza like, I, I'm quite surprised that like, talking through this that was the one that got me the most animated like yeah I'm generally looking forward to that <laughs> it's just going to be a silly like eight minute max tag match but it's going to be pure fun for those eight minutes and that's really what I want right now I'm assuming most people going into Wrestlemania they're not thinking in that mindset which is why like Lesnar, Drew McIntyre uh, Taker Styles and Edge, Orton, Lynch, Baszler uh, they're your oh of course uh, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens like they're your big storylines there's a lot of them uh, which is also so it's kind of a bit imbalanced at the moment where it feels like a lot of Raw matches and nowhere near as many Smackdown ones which is odd given that Raw's now shifting towards the B show with WrestleMania with Smackdown on Fox being the A show with Reigns and Goldberg and whatnot but maybe more Smackdown shows would be added so you've got an equal balance between the two shows maybe like there's no Smackdown tag match where there probably will be like something like that Otis versus Ziggler Probably will get added, maybe to a pre-show, who knows. Oh, Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan as well, that's likely to be added. It's not currently confirmed for this, on this, but I reckon by the time I'm live next week, talking about the second half of the show, that we'll have maybe a couple more matches and Smackdowns will be a bit more fleshed out. So you look, so WrestleMania, too big for two nights. What they've actually done is ended up adding even more matches, so you've got two seven or eight match cards. So it's going to be quite long. <laughs> Both nights, <laughs> which again, talking about my own health, which is why I'm kind of like with Aftershock. I'm umming and ahhing a bit. I don't really know. We'll see. Oh, do we? Do we oh, so <laughs> I've accidentally jumped to the comments immediately because I saw one that <laughs> kind of caught me off guard a little bit. So I'm going to uh, quickly talk about th- this comment I've just seen <laughs> and then I'll uh, sign off, say goodbye, uh, see you all next week kind of stuff. So the WWE PC is shutting down. Right, have they recorded then? That's my immediate next question. Because that news was breaking as like me- like maybe news just as I was going live. I'm currently searching it just to see if it has properly shut down. Loaded. Oh, oh, that's my own podcast. I don't want to see my own podcast. I want to see the news. <laughs> There's nothing there. Uh, well, that sucks. I can't see any news. I'll look later. 
Ratings, who cares about ratings? <laughs> it really doesn't matter right now. Um, it's a WBPC is shutting down. Yeah, number one question then, in terms of the preview, is did they get everything recorded? Did As in SmackDown Raw, SmackDown and WrestleMania. Because I think the news coming out was WWE from Thursday, which is today, wouldn't be able to record any episodes because of the new laws coming in. So if those rules did come in, then obviously they weren't able to record and well hopefully they got all this stuff done is it ahead of time they should have known hopefully so yeah confirmed by me being given the news <laughs> so thank you again hunt for informing me there so oh. anyway it's check speaker if you never check speaker that's why because there's never anything on it <laughs> anyway uh 54 minutes in uh, i've gone through everything i have for this half of the show uh hopefully more gets added so i can talk about it next week i'm looking forward to the distraction yeah, it's Wrestle it's WrestleMania. I'll at least try to get hyped. I can't obviously can't do my normal thing of going out and getting food or beer or whatever. Just it's I get what I get kind of thing. And we'll see how that goes. And so anyway, uh, I will be back next Thursday to preview the second half of WrestleMania thirty six with the SmackDown half, whatever matches get added tomorrow or mo- Monday or whatever. And and whatever raw matches, if they, any of those get added, I will talk about them as well. Uh, Ray Ripley versus Charlotte Flair, I will be talking about that one on because it's NXT. I decided it's a bit lopsided at the moment. I thought I'd give that one to next week, so I'll be back next week to talk about that. And obviously, then it's WrestleMania that weekend, so hopefully uh, they got it all recorded <laughs> and I can talk about those shows on Saturday and Sunday next week. I think I've drifted towards doing both, even though it's maybe not wise. I'll just stay in. I won't go out till I've properly recovered. Hopefully, I won't need to do like a massive shop for the for the parents. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. So yeah, again, cramped household with like, everybody coming over here. It's kind of nice, like in the movies, where you see the entire family kind of come back for a reason and stay together for a period of time. Uh, obviously, there are people working from here, so it's like things set up where things are way more busy. And I've got like playing playing on my PlayStation with my friends back home over the internet, and like there's nowhere really to do it because <laughs> everywhere's taken up. So I have to find places to entertain. Anyway, I'll be back next Thursday. That's a massive distraction. I'll be back next Thursday preview WrestleMania. Uh, but please do check out the other Laws of Pain radio shows in the meantime. Uh, live after AEW Dynamite, we have our new AEW post show Dynamite After Dark with Jamal and Jeff talking about the show. Immediately after it's fi- after it's aired, it's currently up on our speaker. Hopefully, I have time tomorrow to put it up on the YouTube page for Lots of Pain. I said I would last week, but I didn't. Know- I ended up not having time. Like understandable circumstances, I think it's fair to say. So it's the same thing. Like tomorrow, I've got quite a lot on my plate, but it is like is my plan to hopefully get it up on the Lots of Pain YouTube channel. Done after dark, but again, of course, with outside circumstances, there's a chance. I'll be too busy to maybe do that. Uh, Fridays is the Legacy Series with uh, NWA. However, Ms. Fan and Mystic are currently with the Wrestling Mystery Bag as NWA Power is on hold for the uh, COVID-19 whilst that blows over. So Ms. Fan and Mystic are currently doing a new series called the Wrestling Mystery Bag talking about, th- I think, three random matches. Maybe I should have listened to the show before plugging it. <laughs> uh, Saturdays is reserved for All Elite Wrestling. Sundays reserved for WWE pay-per-views. Uh, obviously, next weekend is WrestleMania, so we'll have coverage for that with Aftershock. Be it whenever it is, we'll see how things are. 
Uh, Tuesdays is Kingdom of Honor with Jamin and Jeff talking at ROH and New Japan Pro Wrestling, and also the Quick and the Painless Pro Wrestling podcast. Pro Wrestling, not Teddy Tubbies. The Quick and Painless Pro Wrestling podcast has also made its way to the LOP slash Wrestling Headlines site over on the Laws of Pain YouTube channel. So go listen to that as well. I've already said that I'll be back next week uh, to talk about this. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening, for click smashing that like button. <laughs> People say that on YouTube. <laughs> uh, for everyone to speak as well with the uh, all the reviews on iTunes, on Google, whatever. I don't know what rating Google uses. Proof I use it. One Spotify as well, iHeartRadio, wherever. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'll be back next week with that. Good night. And the podcast people should still be here. All right. Oh, dismiss that. That'll be fine. Anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. I will. You get to listen to the lovely, lovely theme tune because you're so special. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not a kids' TV host. <laughs> anyway, I'll be back next Thursday. Uh, enjoy the theme tune. Till next week. Hopefully, it's been a nice distraction as well. I've. I've fallen back a couple of times this week but obviously compared to the last few weeks this was nothing like this was I, I've enjoyed going through the card and finding out which matches I'm excited for like to actually distract myself because obviously we all need it so anyway take care everybody uh, especially my American friends and uh, yeah hopefully see you all next week goodbye Ten. At First Commonwealth Bank, we understand that many of today's businesses are facing uncertain times. And that means there's no more important time for having the right financial partner behind you. A partner with the resources and experience to help take care of your business. An SBA preferred lender who can see what others may not and do what others cannot. If you're ready to talk with a financial partner who can help your business today and into the future, there's no better time to talk with us. First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. At First Commonwealth Bank, we understand that many of today's businesses are facing uncertain times. And that means there's no more important time for having the right financial partner behind you. A partner with the resources and experience to help take care of your business. An SBA preferred lender who can see what others may not and do what others cannot. If you're ready to talk with a financial partner who can help your business today and into the future, there's no better time to talk with us. First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.